10 back to school tips from Wrestling Mindset. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. We're excited to bring you another great episode. 10 back to school tips to get you ready. What you should be thinking mentally so you could win the day and win the school year. Back to school tips from two Ivy Leaguers. I'm actually rocking the Penn Regional Training Center shirt That's right now. So let's, let's quick talk about the journey to the Ivy League. How was it done? How did we pull it off as an Eddie family? The key is dedication and discipline. You got to be really being, you know, you think about aggressiveness. I think about aggressiveness because admittedly, I wasn't a, a phenomenal student here. But as far as being aggressive, willingness to go in, get extra help, not being afraid to get laughed at by your friends when you ask a question that maybe the teacher already answered. Um, sometimes you become that person in class who asks, hey, did they assign homework? And oh, no, we didn't. You know, she didn't say anything about homework. But asking questions, being a volunteer. So I'm speaking more for myself right now. Jeff's path was a little bit more standard. He got it to Penn right out of high school. I was, I was a transfer from Rutgers. But for me, I would say just being a hungry student, sitting up front when I could, raising my hand, volunteering, going in for extra help, and not being afraid to look like an idiot in front of my friends from time to time by asking a question that might have already been answered. <laughs> yep. All right. That, that's going to lead us into number one. So the 10 back-to-school tips from the two Ivy Leaguers. <laughs> number one. Make sure the teacher knows who you are. And this is kind of what you were talking about, about being aggressive, right? What, what did mom used to tell you when you'd go to a wrestling camp or when you'd be in a new class? So to, to set it up for everyone, if you have any Italian friends, you know that in an Italian house, you don't have to look for advice. Advice finds you. So our mom would always tell us when we go to a wrestling camp, you make sure that coach knows your name. For example, we used to go to the Lehigh wrestling camp or East Stroudsburg. She would say, make sure that coach knows your name. and then. We have um, we also had a wrestling coach, Don Ernst, who just passed away. God rest his soul. But he would also say, hey, make sure you say hi to Greg Strobel for me, that who also just passed away. God rest his soul as well. But he um, getting it, getting in front of the people, yep. making it a point to say who you are and also telling the teacher in the beginning of the semester, hey, I'm looking to really do well in the class. I really want to get a good grade. Mom would say, make sure that you let not only make sure you're trying, but make sure they know you're trying by communicate with them. Show, show them that you care. I think yeah. that's really what it is. And this might be more relevant to a college student, right? Because when you're in high school, the, you're there every day. The classes are a little bit smaller. But when you're in a college room, lecture hall, there might be over 100 students there, right? So how do you make sure they know who you are? You go to their office hours, right? You let them know that you care about their class. And, you know, they're humans, too. So when it comes down to that grade, B plus, A minus, there's a little discretion right there. You know, and if they know that you were trying hard, you went in to meet them, you were doing the extra things to, you know, just you're at the study sessions. Chances are you get the A minus instead of the B plus. Not that that's the main reason. Right. But it, it could only help you. Yeah, you need all the help you could get. That's really the key there. And if, and if they know your name, they know you're trying. It goes a long way. I, I think about. So my wife, obviously, being a really good student, all A's and went to Columbia, got a doctor in genetic smarting. Yep. So she, what she would say is she would always speak to classmates, people who were in the classes the year before. And we're not talking about like getting the vocabulary book to cheat off their answers. But she would ask, hey, what is this professor expecting? What do I need to do? And then after taking a test, she would go in and speak to the teacher or the professor and say, hey, why did I get this wrong? And really try to understand the psychology of the test, get, like, get in the teacher's mind. What questions do they ask? 
what are they trying to get at? There's almost like a test-taking psychology there. And if you do that, the teachers a lot of times tell you what to look for and how to prepare for the next test. It's, it comes down to being aggressive and being hungry. Yep, I think I could think back to college. The, the few times, I wasn't always the bestest, but the times that I took advantage of this, met the teachers, went to the office hours. Um, we, we had that one geology class, right? Frank, what, Frank or Fred Scatina, the teacher who went in there and we talked about our exam. He gave us a couple extra points. Pretty much, I don't know if they were warranted or not, but just going in there, um, we got a boost in our on our exam a few, at least a couple of times. And then um, I remember going into a class I was struggling with. It was jazz history. And I met with the, the TA and he actually, there was an extra credit that was offered, but he's like, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll get extra credit. And I think that made the difference between, you know, not doing so well and getting a whatever B plus or A minus in the class. Right. Just from showing your face, just showing that you care. Right. It was, it was Freddie Scatina. We went in there and I remember, and, and we were going through our, it was like a natural disasters, catastrophes and hazards class. We learned about like landslides and brush fires and all these things. But in any event, I'm terrible, you know, but, but he, but he, he would say, okay, they were all open-ended questions. Oh, I think this is what you meant here. I could give you another point or two on this question, which you would never get if you didn't go in there. And this kept me off academic probation too. You don't like telling the story, but it's important to tell it. And I remember we spoke about this with Leor, one of our teammates who had like probably close to a 4-0 at the Wharton School of Business. He's, a, he's in the, for number two, I have an example from him, but keep going, yeah. We're going to talk about him, but, and I remember saying that I, I was going to all the different class I was getting extra help for statistics and just couldn't pull together a great grade. So I had like a C minus, which would have kept me on academic, which would have put me into academic probation, which means if you get one more of those, bye bye. So I wrote to him a message saying, hey, I've been working real hard. I did well on the homework, which was graded. It wasn't like just like check, check plus, check minus, doing well on the homework. Can you help me out with this? And Leo was like, that's never going to work. This is Penn. This is a Wharton class. And he basically just gave me the grade. Now, we're not talking about like, you know, handouts and stuff. It's not really so much a handout as a hand up for someone who's trying. You did much better at Rutgers, right? Just to get that on the record. Yep. But by the time I transferred, I had 3.2. So I had at least a B average at Rutgers, which in our house, a B was good. I know I tell my wife that she's like, oh, OK. I'm like, 3.2 so at a major university is a big deal. So he did earn his way into Penn. OK, number two, that was only number one. Do a little bit extra. So going back to Leor Zamir, he was my roommate as a freshman at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, you know, one of the smarter guys we know. We actually just had dinner with him a couple weeks ago. Him and Matt Dwyer, shout out to them. And um, it wasn't just that he was smarter than people. He worked hard. He worked hard. I remember, I remember, I think we were in the same calculus class as freshmen. And the teacher said, you know, the homework is to do the odd problems. And Leor did the odd and even problems. You know, it doesn't seem like that much. Right. But if you're doing that every time, you're doing about double the work that the average student's doing. So it's no surprise where maybe I'm struggling in that class and he's getting an A. I remember him actually helping me with the calculus class. Uh, it was the first time I took calc in college and he, he probably did in high school, too. But anyway, it's it's the work ethic. He's doing a little bit more. You know, it's not a ton more. But if every day you're doing the odd and even problems when everyone else is just doing the odd problems, that's going to add up over time. It's like doing an extra practice. It's like a lot of you, the way you approach your wrestling, you go to practice and then you go to club on top of it. That's exactly why you would do the odd and even problems. This is why this guy was a whole, an ultra high level achiever in the classrooms and then in his business. Um, and, and I guess it was the even problems where the answers were in the back of the book. So he could check himself to see that he did it right. Uh, one of the one of the things I stumbled upon in my academic career doing the doing it for a long time was um, I would write the essay. A lot of people would write the essay 
the night before or two nights before, I would try to get the, if there was a, an essay or something that was due, a paper, an essay, a paper that was due, I'd get that paper done a week in advance, go to the professor, meet them at their office hours and say, hey, is this what you want? And there have been several times, not many, but several times where I was way off that I needed those extra four days to revise that paper to get a good grade. So be hungry. Be willing to go the extra mile. You do it in wrestling. You better do it in school. Yep. And to piggyback off that, number three, set goals. I'm sure most wrestlers listening to this have a goal for next wrestling season, right? To be a state champ, to be a, an All-American, a national champ, district champ, whatever it is, it's pretty easy to set a wrestling goal. Do you have an academic goal, right? As simple as that. Is there a certain GPA you're shooting for, a certain you know, SAT score, ACT score. I was just talking to one of our wrestlers about this, that it was a mistake that I made. It was like, there's always a very, very clear wrestling goal in high school and in college. But then when it got to academics, you know, especially like when I got to Penn, I knew that, you know, difficult school to get into. It's an Ivy League school. But I think that if I just set a certain bar, you know, whether it's 3.2, 3.5, there would have been something a little bit more that you're shooting for. So we got to have a goal, whether it's our sports goal, academics, there's got to be something we're shooting for. And then a personal goal, you know, whether it's more prayer time or getting to church on Sunday, there's got to be things that we're looking to accomplish. And it can't just be wrestling because that's just not enough. Right. Why is it that we're so mentally tough and motivated when it comes to wrestling, but we tend to compartmentalize? And I'm not judging anyone. I was definitely guilty of this. We compartmentalize it to being able to grind out a workout and cut weight and push ourselves doing extra sprints. But then when it came to school, you can't put in the bare minimum of 20 extra minutes of studying, or you can't even sit down and pray for 10 minutes. It's like, what? we have to look inside and say, well, what does that say about me? And I know when we were in high school, we were thinking, well, all I care about is wrestling. But really, you have to look at it, challenge yourself and say, that's actually pretty soft. If you were, if you were going to kind of go more Gable mentality and just grind it out, you would say, hey, I'm going to do well in all my areas of life. This goes along with the virtue of fortitude and the sub-virtue magnanimity, which means striving for excellence in all things. And the opposite of that, we know that word would be pusillanimity. You all might know a word that that sounds a little bit like that. Well, that's that's where it's from, because it's it's, in other words, not being willing to be great or at least try to be great in all things. So don't don't go soft when it comes to your academics, your spiritual life and other areas. Don't just compartmentalize mental toughness, motivation, and goal setting to wrestling. This better be a vehicle to build virtue for your whole life. Yep. And that kind of builds into number four, tackle all legs of the stool, right? So it can't just, you can't be a one trick pony. We joke around about that, but we got the total package, right? We got to be, we got to focus on our sleep, our nutrition, our exercise. We have to build good routines. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Again, being the one area of mental toughness where we say, okay, it's going to be, I'm going to grind through workouts. That was my mentality. Okay, well, how come at lunch you're eating a pretzel, cheese doodles, you know, cherry cola slush puppy, and, and you're going to sleep. You're, you're staying up late, burning the midnight oil, and you're 11, 12 o'clock at night, you're going to bed. Why not look at that? See, I never looked at that as that's also an area of mental toughness. Getting your butt to bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock is mental toughness. So by not doing that, that's an area of mental weakness. By not having a more uh, consistent nutrition plan, that's an area of mental weakness. So yeah, maybe at a, at a scale of one to 10 for wrestling and for your workouts, it's a nine or it's a 10. But maybe when it comes to your eating and your sleeping, you're, at, you're operating at a two or three, your morality, it's a two or three. Don't, 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 you know, cheap out there. Don't wimp out. 
tackle all legs of the stool. Yeah, sleep is something we heard a lot about as as kids from our dad, especially. You, do you see the the importance of that now? Like now that we both have young kids, I have four young kids. Gina's two and one on the way. It's like you start to appreciate sleep a little bit more. And I will say that the the athletes that I worked with that seemed the most like just consistent with their mood, just consistent with their, you know, I don't know, just the their um. They're just balanced, well balanced. It's people that go to bed at, at the same time every day, you know, and it's, it's easy to do, but it's easy not to do. So it's something that it just, if it only affects your mood, you know, you have more energy, you're in a better mood when you wake up. That, that's a big deal. It's going to trickle into other things. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, I got eight hours. Like, like why, well, you know, the college mentality sometimes where it's like, oh, I went to bed at two o'clock. I got up at 10. So I got eight hours of sleep, but there's, yeah. Yeah. There's the way it works with the day, and God designed this almost this 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 liturgy of time throughout the day, where you're supposed to be up at this time, you're supposed to go to bed at that time. I mean, think back to the the old days, like the the Middle Ages and stuff, and you're operating under candlelight in the winter time. You're not going to bed much later than six, seven o'clock, probably not because it's dark. You don't have the light bulb, so get to bed and work with work with the world, work with work with nature, work with God's creation. That's right. Number five, aim higher than a normal experience. You hear so much, well, I just want to make sure that I have a normal high school experience. I want to have a normal college experience. That wh Why do we want to be normal, right? Why would I focus on having a normal high school or college experience when I can have an extraordinary yeah. high school or college experience? Yeah, what, what is, and also, furthermore, does define why normal is good. I mean, if you're being educated to think like a Marxist, and you're breaking all the commandments and you're doing all the wrong things. If that's the norm, the norm isn't really good. And again, you look at just just look at it from the bell curve, right? Where there's where do most people end up? They end up in the middle, right? There's very few there's very few ultimate losers, then there's a lot of people in the middle, and then there's very few ultimate winners. So even if the norm was good, even which it's not right now, you're gonna likely end up in the middle. If you want to be a high-level performer, you need to be thinking about how do the best people in the world think, the happiest people, the holiest people, the richest people, the most successful athletes. So get your head out of normal. And a lot of your parents are going to say this. They mean well. They mean well, but they're not necessarily thinking about it from that perspective. And that's and that's why I'd assume a lot of you are listening to this call, probably everyone listening to the call, because you really want to be great. You'll do whatever it takes to be great. You'll take the time out to listen to messages like this and other great places that are pumping you with good information. So don't settle for normal, especially when the norm is bad. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think it's the, the idea of like the fear of missing out, right? FOMO, you hear that a lot. And it's like fear of missing out. It's like no one ever looks back and regrets working hard. You just, that's one of those things you never hear. You know, it's like, I wish I was more, yes, Dan Gable, they asked him like, if you could go back and do it again, what would you do? And he's like, Dead serious, guy. You know, I'd I'd be more disciplined in different areas of my life. When you hear that from Dan Gable, you know, who is the the epitome of just hard work and doing things right. It's like, yeah, I, I got to get more discipline. And you know, fear of miss of missing out. That's that's BS. No one regrets working harder. You know that they work. No one says that. I wish I didn't work that hard when I was younger. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and if you don't take our word for it for anything that we say, ask around. Ask people who you look at as high level successes. Uh, they're saying, I wish I would have done more, better lifestyle. No one says, I wish I would have partied more and had more fun. <laughs> nope. Number six, start networking now, right? They say your network is your net worth. 
right? Especially if you're in college. I think that's a, it's a really important thing that people overlook, right? Big time. And they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, it's both. And so you would want to make sure that you tap into these networks, especially the people you know at a younger age. I mean, I think who are our major networks that we do, that we wind up uh, tapping into? People who've done the same sport, same religious community, same schools. Same schools, same religious community, same sport. So tap into these groups. It's the strength of weak ties, basically. When you're looking for a job, when you're looking to do business with other people. You know, my buddy Marcello and I, who's um, part of our wrestling mindset team, he's roommate back at Rutgers. This is when Facebook first came out. So we were having a competition. Who would have more Facebook friends? And, uh, you know, at the time, it's it was just beginning. So you had to have spoken to the person before. We're friending people like crazy. But a part of me always felt like there's, it's almost like a certain capital, like there's capital with money, but there's also capital with, there's like a social capital, not saying that you're all for, like close friends with people, but having all these acquaintances, you could go back to those people later and you could get help in different areas. And it's not just about getting help. I could give help. So people could contact me who I haven't seen in years and I could help them get a job and connect them. So yeah, really be a, be a very strong advocate or a, or a strong networker that's big make friends find not just on like instagram and tiktok like grow up peter pan count chocula get on linkedin get on get on facebook and these different places and connect with these people so you could do business with them later and help you get a job yep and join wrestlers and business network if you haven't yet and that's right. a big one that should be a no-brainer for anyone on this call who's uh, who's of age we should we should dwell on that for just a few more moments yes. Yep. What, do they, what do they have to do? What's the application they fill out? And now you have a connection with all these people. You have no idea how many businesses, since we started working with mindset, we started doing mental training with businesses, sales teams, how many managers, you know, people who were multimillionaires who were telling us we like to work with wrestlers. And now you, and wrestlers and business provides you now with that opportunity. It's a simple process. Jeff, tell them what they have to do. The first thing you should do is you go on LinkedIn and find wrestlers and business national. And like that, so you see all the updates there. And then you go to their page, the website. I don't know the exact page, but you could just look at Wrestlers and Business National. And there's a place to fill out. You submit your resume. So anyone who's a student can do it for free. So you join Wrestlers and Business Network for free. I mean, I think when you're out of college, it's only it's like 75 bucks. A year. You know, it's 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 something. Well, it's it's well worth it, right? So go onto the website. Submit your resume. If you can't find if you know what, I'll post the link in the show notes just so it's it's a lot easier. But, you know, get get involved in that group. Go to the meetings in your area. You know, if you're close to Philadelphia, Wrestlers in Business Philadelphia, Jay Hunter, our COO, he's the head of that. He's done a phenomenal job building wrestlers in business. Um, and they're, they're in most of the major cities. So it's just get involved. Reach out to us if, if you have any questions about that. I mean, I had a good success story. So there's a guy from Iowa State, Gannon Grenell. He just reached out. He posted on Wrestlers and Business LinkedIn. Um, he said he wanted to get in medical device sales. So he's a two-time All-American, Iowa State. He's foregoing his whatever fifth or maybe sixth year now with the <laughs> with the COVID rule. But he's he's hungry. He wants to he wants to get a job in medical device sales. He reached out. I connected him with about five or six people. He connected with probably 20 other people on his own through wrestling. And lo and behold, he got a job from one of them. So now he's, he's set up with a really nice medical device sales job, which really is a great opportunity. So it's just something, it's, it's, it should be a no-brainer for anyone who's a wrestler. So pretty much anyone who's listening to this, they got to look in the Wrestlers and Business Network. We're, again, we're, we're now working with some high-level businesses 
Um, the same great mindset training that we do with wrestlers. We're talking Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual. We've done presentations with Abbott Laboratories, Boston Scientific, DMD, Axe Advisors, some high-level places. And there's some very wealthy managers that are looking to hire wrestlers with high-paying jobs. Now, of course, it's, it's never a guarantee where you have to perform still, but you could get an opportunity just by being a wrestler. We have nothing to gain from that. Sure, we're involved with them, but it's not like we pick up some kind of percentage of anything that you sign up. I mean, good thing our mom didn't know about this when we were in when we were going to school because she would have been on our butts about this until we until we did, it. and it would probably have been the right thing. So, if you're a parent, get on your kid about doing it. She was big about that staying connect staying connected. We did hear that a lot. All right, but number number seven, make reading fun. We said readers are leaders, right? And I think one of the big things you could do practically is just read things you're interested in. You know, so many. It's kind of like so many wrestlers hate running because they pair it to weight cutting, conditioning and practice. So it's like, ah, running stinks. Well, if, if you're running kind of more recreationally or just to stay in fit, like stay fit or general physical preparedness, running is not that bad, right? You can start to enjoy running, similar to reading. If you're always reading books, school books that you, you don't enjoy, you know, you might pair that to school. You might pair that to test taking. But um, so I, I think it's always a good thing to have at least one book on the side that you're reading that's something of interest, right? Like our book, Develop the Predator Mindset. Maybe it's something about your faith or your religion. Maybe it's something about, I don't know, fishing or even a comic book, right? Just something where you're, you're starting to enjoy reading because readers are leaders. Right. And you really need to untwist your mind because, again, unfortunately, given the way society is, I mean, we have to say it, we would not be good mindset coaches, we didn't say that you're basically being indoctrinated into Freemasonic Marxist thinking. It's true. So you need to learn about first principles. You need to read at least a little bit, even if it's not a huge uh, study. you got to learn a little bit of Aristotle. You need to learn a little bit of Thomas Aquinas. These geniuses who are far superior to a lot of the minds today. See, we just think, oh, well, the, the latest people are the best. That's That's not true. I mean, these people figured this stuff out a long time ago. So you need to educate yourself, sure, with psychology, of course, but also get strong with philosophy, learning how to think. So put the time in. Put the time in. Educate yourself. That's right. Number eight, I learned from Gene. Have a calendar. He used to have one of those big calendars in college. Used to. Got Still got it. And we have it. It would go through the calendar. So then, and the way we and we color coded it in college was that blue was high. I would highlight in blue. So when I would get my syllabus in the beginning of the year, I would write it all down. Everything that was due, if it was in school, it was in pink. So highlight in pink. I knew for sure it's okay. Something in school is coming up, whether it's a paper or a test or whatever it is. Blue was wrestling. You don't have to use these colors. I'm just giving you an example of what I did. Blue was wrestling. All the wrestling practices, all the team meetings, it was in blue. Family birthdays was in. Yellow, Notre Dame football games were in green. I wanted to catch them on TV. There'd be the recreation part of it. But get yourself organized. Maybe it's a big calendar. I know I need the big calendar with lines because I'm sloppy. So I can't have just the free floating. I need the lines that are in there. And uh, some people, you might be better with a planner. You might be better with a phone. Yeah. But, but the idea is get, get organized. Have your action plan written out. Right? Like If it's on a phone, you can have different calendars. We have one for wrestling mindset we have one for other sports we have one for business i have one for personal i'm sure you have one for you know the personal things going on right so like family events but you, you got to get organized 
the action plan has to be there, you know, and, and sometimes it's the little things. I was just talking to one of our athletes about this. I'm sure like wrestling practice would be on the calendar, but if, if you're focusing on like, let's just say flexibility or video review, that might be a minor thing that's not on the calendar. But if you find yourself missing it frequently, put it on the calendar, just like it's a wrestling practice, just like it's class, make it important by putting it on the calendar, have a time, you know, have, have a time and place where you're going to do it and then write it down and then just execute. Or you could have a separate calendar where, okay, that's taking care of all of that. But then when it comes to your, your workouts or things you're prioritizing like that, right, you could actually make a check boxes. Like you have a, you have a section for exercise a section for completed the nutrition plan content uh, completed my flexibility training, my deep breathing, my praying, whatever it is. And you could check off literally each day. And it's just a calendar that doesn't contain any work, really any words per se of what events are coming up, but going through your action plan, which is again, like you said, is very important. Find a system that works for you. That's the key. You can't necessarily do what I did. Find what works for you and have a plan. That's right. Number nine, have a growth mindset, right? The, the famous book by Carol Dweck, Mindset. We hear this from a lot of people that, do you, you ever read the book, uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck, Having a Growth Mindset? Doug Vanderlinden, shout out to him in Kansas. He loves this lesson. But not looking at subjects where it's like, I'm good in math, but I'm bad in English. Yeah. You, know, you know, I'm bad in this, I'm good in this. Same thing as wrestling. Oh, I'm, I'm good on my feet, but I'm bad on the mat. We got to stop looking at things like that. That would be a fixed mindset. A growth mindset would be, you know, I, I can improve on the mat, right? If I spend as much time um, focusing on English as I did in math, I'll get better at it. You know, it's not a matter of uh, being good or bad. It's can I get better, right? Maybe I need a different coach. Maybe I need a different teacher. Maybe I need to go for extra help. Maybe I need to change a strategy, but I'm, it's not good or bad. It's yeah, and there might be natural gifts that we have. We're a little bit better, but, you know, quit practicing wrestling today. If you label yourself as good, stop practicing. Let everyone else practice for the next four years and see how good you are in four years. No, we have to continue to practice to develop and evolve. Yeah, yeah. knowing that, knowing that we can change, knowing that change is possible. So that's the key thing. So a lot of times that goes with word choice, like you said, not saying good or bad. Instead, we'll say, you know, our improvement areas, just so it's it's salient in your mind. Like we get it. Everyone has natural strengths and weaknesses just based on both nature, the way you were born and nurture, the environment you were raised, the coaches you were around, that sort of thing. But recognizing that it is malleable, you can improve those areas. Arnold Schwarzenegger had a weakness with his calves and his calves became, you know, whatever you could, diesel. And he, it's basically for him, he, if you look up, I remember the old bodybuilding magazines, he was doing 10 sets of 10 with calves. So it's like he just horsed, he just horsed through it. And you turn the weakness into a strength. So, yeah, don't have that fixed mindset. Fixed mindset is this is how it is now, and that's how it will always be. Um, unfortunately, we have some family members like that who also say, well, this is how I am, and that's just the way it is. Wrong. That's Stubborn right. Italians. Stubborn Italians. <laughs> that's right. All right, the last one, number 10. Have someone hold you accountable, right, whether it's a coach, a friend, a mentor, Right in our program, obviously, one of the biggest benefits of having a mindset coach right off the bat is just you have somebody who holds you accountable. Right. We work with some of the best wrestlers in the country, we work with some of the most successful people in business. And it's really the same thing. It's just having someone who's holding you accountable in the program. We actually build into it, getting an accountability outside of us. And sometimes it's good to have a little bit of separation. So it's not somebody that you're too close to. So you could open up. And so it's, it's just more objective. 
Yeah, some someone who's detached, someone who doesn't have um a horse in the fight with the team. Someone, yeah, you just you want to have that. You want to be able to essentially you want to be able to talk about the people around you. So basically, they could help you cope with with these things. It's like, hey, you know, you really should have listened to your parents on this one, or maybe this one your parents are just being too hard on you, something like that. We're not trying to replace the parents, nothing like that. But basically, they could teach you coping strategies for how to deal with different personalities. And again, when you when you're dealing with a, a wrestling coach or club coach, again, it's great. You better be dealing with a wrestling coach or club coach, or you'll never get to the next level. But you want to have a mindset coach who's not focusing on all the other people on your team, who's just thinking about you which goes a long way. So you could talk about the dynamics of the wrestling club of the team, which you also need. You need all of it. So I think the big takeaways today really are really making it a point. Our, our, our daily planner that we sell, that would be something that's good, which has our, our daily, um, you know, our, our success that's on our website right there. Yeah, it's not on the website, but we'll put a link in the show notes, the success journal. That's important. Yes, yeah, so um, keeping you organized on a day-to-day -day basis, what you should be thinking to make sure you're improving mentally and having that mindset, Coach. The time would be to start now as soon as you can before the school year, so this way you can work through anything you're struggling with. You could approach the new year, and definitely by the time the new season comes, you have a fresh pair of eyes, which gets tougher when you start getting bombarded with all the schoolwork. I mean, sure, you could start then too, but it's far better to start before that so you could prepare with all these kind of tips and, of course, a lot more that are specific to you. That's right, Eric. Let's let's end with a quote. I I prepared mine. I'll let you think of it for a minute. But I got to go back to Penn Ben Franklin, the founder of the University of Pennsylvania. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise. Go to bed early, wake up early, get started, and have a good school year. Yeah, I'm back with Ben Franklin. I would say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Don't wait till these problems and 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 your um your drama and all the, and all the issues to start blowing up in your face. Get to us before. I mean, again, we our video we just did on Simone Biles. That was one of the most popular videos we've ever done. It's not even on wrestling. Why? Because people see just how much of of a meltdown could happen at any time to the best in the world. I mean, that's why it's a big story because it's a big story because she is mentally tough. It's a big story because she does have a great mindset. The story behind it is that basically even the best, even the best mindsets, even the most mentally tough people could crack. They have problems too. So work on your mind ahead of time. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I like it. And I was going to say, let's, let's face it, this is going to be anything but a normal year. You know, I know it's like we'd, we'd like to think everything's going to get back to normal, but, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think, I think there's going to be some adversity this year. So, it's just, it's okay. It's just planning for an advance, right? And being able to, to deal with it at a high level, right? We don't make excuses. Things happen. They come down the pipeline. How do we respond to it? We don't want to react to it. We want to respond to it positively. Right. There's, there's always opportunity. And the point is the people who are going to set themselves up for, for the future, for future success, are going to be the ones who handle all of the spine, whether there's another lockdown, all kinds of different situations, another variant, whatever. We don't know what it could be. But if you're planning for it, if you're networking, if you're doing things right, and a lot of that is just going to come with having a positive mentor like us who's able to walk you through this by the hand, that's what sets you up for the future down the road because the whole world's going through it, but no one's going to care because everyone's going through it. It's just who comes out on top. The cream rises to the top. So even if you follow the masses and, oh, man, if COVID just didn't hit again, man, I would have been so successful. Guess what? It did. That's right. So what did you, so what did you do? Did you prepare for it? Did you work through it so we could come out the other end better than we started? Excuses are for other people. 
All right. Do you want to give him a quick um, preview? Should I don't know. Should we talk about it? What's coming next? Remember, we just picked the date for the. Should we say it? The certification. Yep, we will do it now. We now that we spoke. We're gonna do it. This, this, the um, the future. The future is looking bright for coaches. Now, Wrestling Mindset is offering a certification, a Wrestling Mindset certification that you'll have a credential for your resume. You're going to be able to use this. You're going to be able to use this to help your team. You're going to be able to use this to master the mindset. We're giving you the. We're giving away the house. We're giving all of our mindset lessons. So if you sign up, you're getting all of the mindset lessons in workbook form. You're getting all of that. All the videos of me explaining these lessons, each one of the videos, you're getting that too. Before and after the certification, me personally, I'm going to work with you to speak about and c consult with how I could help, what you're looking to do, how to take your career to the next level. Also, we're going to do a block of two-hour chunks, two days in September. Tentatively, it's going to be September 21st, 22nd. Keep following our stuff. We'll make sure those dates are, are certain. But Stay with us, and we're going to do two-hour chunks. I'm going to take you through not only the core philosophies of our of, of our mindset program. There's many core philosophies there. I'll personally take you through it. But then also, I'll take you through 10 of our best mindset lessons as if I'm personally coaching you. We're going to do this as a group. We're only accepting 30 people because I don't want this thing bogged down with the whole, you know, like, like our coaches convention was. I want this people that we could work with. It could be interactive, serious coaches. So if you're not serious about the certification, don't do it. There's only 30 slots here. Yeah, and I don't know if you mentioned you're going to get a, a, a consult with you before and after the certification. So they're going to get time on the phone. So it's it's a big deal that the first 10 are actually going to be $200 off. So the certification is going to be $999. So the first 10 people are going to be $799. So hopefully there's a couple spots available when this when this goes live, <laughs> when this is available. I, I just can't imagine many certifications that have to do with mindset that are going to be so in-depth and, and, and so related to the owner and founder of the program. Like, we're really going to give you our best stuff here. I'm going to be walking you through it, and I'm going to actually take you through as if I'm personally coaching you with our small group that we have with 10 of our best lessons that are, the, that are at the end of our mindset book. So you'll know how to do this after the call. So you want to get wrestling mindset certified. If you coach another sport, that's fine. This certification will go well for winning mindset if you were a – whatever, tennis, track, baseball coach, it'll work just the same way. That goes into our philosophy. So make sure you get get your ticket in because you, you definitely don't want to miss this. It's only 30 people, and then we're not doing it again for a while. That's right. Whether it's sports, school, or life, mindset makes, makes the, the difference. difference. <laughs> Take now, care.